0: Hello and welcome to Celebrating You and I am over the top so excited to introduce to you the most amazing, the most fascinating, the most fabulous, Ollie Clark, photographer, entrepreneur and so much more. Welcome, Ollie!
1: yeah, uh, how are you doing?
0: <laughs> I'm so excited, how are you?
1: No, yeah, really good, really, really good, really, really excited to be talking to you today. So, uh, yeah, no, it's going to be good.
0: Well, the pleasure is all mine ollie and i and i 'm sure all of our watchers and listeners would love to know what exactly do you do and how did you get to be doing all of these amazing things
1: Yes, yeah, so um, I have two businesses, uh, and uh, one is as a pet photographer and one as a jigsaw puzzle maker, which is really really amazing so i i make really jazzy jigsaw puzzles and i um do lots of really fun events, um, and uh, with pet photography, which is which is really cool. So um, I think what we'll do is we'll backtrack to uh, the two thousand and six when. Um, it all, uh, all began, which is really cool, um, and um, my GCSE results weren't very good, so um, I wanted to study English and Psychology at university, not at university, at A-level, um, but that didn't go into plan because my grades weren't good enough, so I, I ended up doing photography instead, so that started out um, doing um, that, and I absolutely hated the course to start off with because it was all in dark room um and uh being dyspraxic my hands couldn't do the spiral method so literally like i just could not do 35 mil pitch black trying to do all crazy hand maneuvers de- developing film so um so i couldn't do that which um and then for my for christmas i got given a digital SLR, and my love of photography just literally changed in seconds i was just like this is amazing and um and yeah so then i did completed a levels um didn't really know what i wanted to do after a levels um and so i after an argument in the car with my mum i was like i want to go to university and study photography um and it was amazing uh the whole uni experience was incredible um so i went to um, anglia ruskin university in cambridge um, and um, what, was, what was bizarre is I went for the open day and I absolutely loved the place and it was shown around by the head lecturer and I turned up thinking I had know, met all the lecturers and everything but when I turned up they'd all left so I had completely new people and um, there was this German woman called Kirsten who was the head lecturer and um, she was like hey I'm here to chain, turn the course around um, and get it really, really amazing. Um, and and you've got me instead of this guy who um, I thought I was going to be having for three years. Um, and during the course of the year, I absolutely loved it, but I was really ill um, when I was at university um, with pretty bad anxiety. Um, and I was actually in hospital for my anxiety, um, which a lot of people don't know about because they see me as really confident, but actually when I was 18, 19, all I wanted to do was fit in. Um, And when everyone is wild drinking, um, unfortunately, like, I couldn't be myself. And I was completely a fake person. And because I was fake, it just caused me to be really, really anxious. Um, And um, and yeah, I was really ill. And um, I ended up having support, um, by an amazing, um, I'm not sure if it's a charity or if it's an NHS, branch of the NHS called Cameo, which is Cambridge Mental Health Services. Um, And it was a support group. And that support group, the woman was literally incredible. And she was called Liz. um, And she used to support me one-on-one with her dog, um, Nero, who was this battered rescue dog who literally, like... Yeah, literally looked like he'd seen, been in every single war, but he was absolutely lovely. Um, so, yeah, and then what happened was, was then she introduced me to, once I'd been with her a while, she also had a therapy group, which was um, full of <laughs> Cambridge University students. So I went to the art college in Cambridge, and these were like la dart, da amazing, super intelligent, Cambridge students and like they're just like whoa like their sentences were so long using like the longest words possible and like and I was just like I don't understand these people but they were incredible they're like we were in a really amazing group um and they go look we've got funding to put on a project and I was like oh, I quite fancy doing something with with photography for the group and then explore mental health through animal portraiture which which is what we did and um, we contacted lots of different places to work with with them so one was Shepherd Wildlife Park which is really amazing zoo um, just outside of Cambridge and also um, it was the Ely Raptor Foundation um, which um, I took one of one of the best photos I've ever taken I took there and was actually the first animal photo I took in the studio was at this um, place and it was of a great grey owl Um, and this picture was just absolutely stunning of this owl. All the rest of the pictures which I took on that day were rubbish other than this picture, Um, but it's still one of my favourite photos to this day. Then I graduated from uni and then I had four years struggling trying to be a photographer. Um, so I did a lot of wedding photography I had some absolutely horrendous customers Um, unfortunately it didn't go right and a big reason why things didn't work to my advantage was actually because I was too cheap and so I completely attracted the wrong people um, and I photographed a civil partnership wedding and they tried to take me to court because I didn't photograph a nephew um, and then from then on I was just totally put off um, wedding photography but it wasn't even in the list this person wasn't even in the list of photos but they were absolutely nasty people um, so um, trying to make ends meet, I also did lots of really fun, fun projects. Um, and some of them were actually off the back of my university work experience, which, um, where I worked for the Zambian newspapers out in Zambia, um, which, um, I should have mentioned this, this earlier, but I'll, I'll talk about this. And it was an absolutely amazing experience working, um, working, for the newspapers in this in the basement of this absolute ginormous skyscraper in Lusaka. Lusaka has got to be probably the most horrendous city I've ever been in. It is literally concrete and nothing to do and just poverty everywhere. Um, but I was working with the president of Zambia and it was really funny it was like one of the one of the things that I was doing was I was reading the newspapers every day we read the newspaper of what was hot in Lusaka and there was this really impossible to read advert promoting this festival and i was like what's this what's this event about and it was like they were like it's amazing do you want to go and i was like this picture does not make it look amazing um and it was like yeah but we can we can go there if you want um so um so um so yeah um so yeah so it, the um so yes we went we traveled 12 hours to the swamps of zambia um for this festival and it was the celebration of the king of a province called mongu moving from his flooded palace to his dry palace and it's this huge celebration there's guards everywhere and there's all and also the president is there and it was really terrifying literally I was literally like the only white guy there pretty much and these guards if you went in the wrong place they would whip you with the tail of a hippopotamus Um, and it was and it was really funny it was like uh, um, you also had to bow down to all these items which were being moved from his flooded palace to his dry palace. So I was bowing down to like lampshades and teapots and tables and all this stuff. And it was a really bonkers procession. Um, and, I, and, um, and it literally, it was stunning. To get to where this festival happened, had to paddle out in a Makoro canoe for about an hour to get to where this flooded palace was. And then the celebration happened and it was just beautiful. And then, um, but that finished, and then I went back and I told the woman, told the head of the, the, um, the photography department at the Zambia News Services how amazing it was. And she was like, Did you see the guys getting whipped everywhere? And I was like, Yeah, I did. And she goes, Do you know why I didn't go? And she was like, I got whipped. And she was like, that's why I will never go there again. I sent you there. And you know how everyone was really clingy and quite protective of you and will only allow you to go in certain areas. And that's because if you went in the wrong area, you would have got whipped. And I was like, cheers. Why didn't you tell me that, like, when, like, before I went? (laughs) And it was absolutely amazing. So I did that. And then I literally took up every odd job photography job which I possibly could um some were amazing and then others were just not me and I actually worked for an African gang in Portsmouth um, as their party photographer which was really like it was really interesting I never got paid on time and the reason why is is normally on a night out on these, on these parties, someone would get arrested and they would end up being the person who had the money to pay me. So um, yeah, like one time, it was about six, seven weeks later that I got, pe- got paid. And then one of the hilarious nights, but it wasn't hilarious, it was quite uncomfortable, was I got booked for a job in Bournemouth to photograph a party and they got in a fight and we all got pepper sprayed. And I got paid to get pepper sprayed and it was just, Oh, it was horrible. Um, and what's really funny is now I do a lot of business networking. And uh, one of the people in that gang, I see networking, but no one actually knows. Uh, whenever we see each other, we always have a massive grin on our faces. And I'm like, "Yeah, you're the woman from the gang, aren't you?" <laughs> it was like, "Yeah," but she's actually lovely. She's lovely, but still a bit dodgy. Um, so yeah, and then what happened was was in 2015 um, I decided that um, my New Year's resolution was to try and get with my photography in as many magazines as possible. Um, and my tactic for doing this was going to my village co-op and looking in the magazine aisles um, to find out the name of the publishers to contact them. Um, I quickly gave up because this task was just going to take too long, and I asked the the co-op manager for a list of all the publishers which they work with and um she was like why do you want that and it was like i want to get in as many magazines as possible with photography and it was the worst customer experience i've ever experienced in my life from a shop she guy, she was so rude to me and she was like so you're saying you're a you're a sports photographer a wedding photographer newspaper photographer a product photographer a landscape photographer I was like yeah I am and she's like she's like pretty much laughed in my face and you go like, you're setting yourself up to fail she was like go niche or you will fail and she was like tell me what are you good at and I was like what's the best photograph you've ever taken and I was like oh it's this owl which I took at university and she goes right well become an animal pet photographer then. And I was like, "Mm, all right, okay then. So I went home and then um, I put on Facebook that I was looking to photograph animals. And the Facebook post went viral. Um, I had 90 people, probably more than that, contact me in half an hour. I was so scared. I was like, oh my God, like literally 90 people contacting me in half an hour. That's more people contacting me in four years for work than I have in half an hour. So this half hour was great. Within this half hour, I had loads of people messaging wanting to book in, which were, which was great. Um, but I actually deleted the post because I was so scared. I now I would never ever delete a viral Facebook post. So and then the photography journey began as a pet photographer. So um, I worked within my studio for um, for two years, photographing all sorts of unusual animals and had amazing stories. And um, yeah, so I thought I'd share some of them. One one of the stories is actually from when I was at university, um, which was a lie. Um, On a night out, I had far too much to drink. And I told someone that I was going to photograph a tiger in the university studio. And um, so then um, a couple of weeks later, that person saw me in the street and goes, so have you photographed this tiger yet and I was like yeah no i haven't but it's two weeks time so embarrassed about my lie and then i was like i like this idea i'm gonna find a tiger and i found a tiger and the tiger was absolutely terrified and i have no pictures to prove that the story is true because literally the the zoo manager stopped the photo shoot within two minutes. As soon as the black backdrop went down, the tiger had the most mundane, boring lines in its cage, never seen a black background and just completely freaked out. So we had to stop. So we did that. And then from my studio, um, lots of really fun stuff happened. Um, I also for a while was a member of a group called Press which stands for Portsmouth Reptile, Reptile and Amphibian Society, um, which was really fun. Um, and press people had the most unusual animals, and I found a woman with pet raccoons, and she actually bred raccoons. Um, so, um, so, yeah, so I had quite a few raccoons coming in, and I even had to go to a lady's house and photograph her, raccoons and it took me about half hour going up and down the road trying to find her house. I then rang her on the phone saying, look, we can't find you and she's like, I'll come out on the road. And her house literally all the windows were smashed and it looked derelict. And then but I went inside and the inside of the house was filthy. But the outside had all these exotic animals in the most immaculate cages and like all these animals so she didn't look after herself but her animals were her life and her absolute love and they had the most beautiful absolutely stunning um enclosures and these animals were really really well looked after so yeah had it been the other way around where she had an immaculate house in gross cages you probably would have called the rspca or something but um Yes, yeah, so I got to photograph all these baby raccoons and these raccoons, and it was absolutely adorable, which was really cool. And then from that, I then had one of her customers who bought a pet raccoon contact me and ask if I would mind photographing her, um, her own raccoons. So she brought her raccoons to her studio, and these were ginormous, big, amazing, beautiful raccoons, but they destroyed my studio. Um, so uh, yeah I had to buy new lights, new backdrops, I had to buy everything new but the truth was I actually needed it, all my equipment was completely knackered so it was really lucky that these these raccoons trashed my studio well, But well, um,
0: Can I just ask you a question, sorry to interrupt but did you build the raccoons for the damage?
1: I didn't build them, I should have done But, um, yeah, but um, because I literally had taken no photos of these raccoons.
0: Hello there, the the technology just chopped out for a little bit, so we are back and we are live and direct with you. And Ollie was just telling us the amazing story about the raccoons that lived in Five Star Luxury, um, came to the studio, trashed the joint, didn't pay the bill. And it's back to you, Ollie.
1: Yeah, so unfortunately they didn't pay uh, their uh, the bill for uh, <laughs> smashing everything up. Um, but yeah, so then we took the raccoons down to the harbour for a photo shoot down on the harbour. And we put these raccoons in these boats and looking back on it I feel really bad now, they've just trashed my studio and now I'm putting them in boats and they could have trashed the boats also, but they didn't, so we could have got a bill from that. But what was kind of crazy is a couple of months after that, the woman asked me to pay her, her raccoon was sick and asked me to pay the vet bill for her raccoon. I I can't believe I did it. I paid 300 pounds for this raccoon's vet bill, the kindness of my heart, and the woman never paid me back. And I still, to this day, have not been paid this £300 from this woman, which is not really cool.
0: Well, um, I divine Raccoon Justice uh, re- recovers that bill for you.
1: Yeah, but I got amazing pictures of the raccoons. They're worth 300 quid, but it would be nice to have one day. She'll be like, I feel really bad. Just tell me that I'll pay it back, and I haven't. So, yeah. So, um, I'm glad yeah, so the, the raccoons didn't th- jump overboard on the boat as well, which is always a worry. No, it no tide.
0: So oh, low tide, tide. woe be tide <laughs> Thank goodness for that yeah. Oh, <laughs> silly me God, you should have known <laughs> All raccoon people know that
1: Yeah, so, uh, yeah, you were, of course you would have known that it was low tide and the boats were sitting on pebbles So, uh, yeah, so yeah, so we did that and then like that, actually, that story actually got a newspaper too And then that happened. And another really funny one happened was, was a lady who's been a customer to me quite a few times. Um, She decided to uh, bring her Shetland pony along for a photo shoot, but um, she wanted it all clean and looking beautiful before her photo shoot. And um, so she decided to give it a wash beforehand. Um, But her three-year-old child had a tantrum. Um, so, never got round to drying this poor pony. So, this pony arrives in my studio literally soaking wet and like dripping wet with water. And we were like, she was like, we can't really photograph the pony in this state, can we? I was like, no, we can't. But I then had a good idea. My village has three hairdressers, and why not take the Shetland pony for a blow dryer at the hairdressers? There's three oh, in the village. Yes. Obviously it's got to be done. So we went there, there were three in the village, so the first one we knocked on it was kind of this like beauty salon size hairdressers and they said no definitely not, which quite understandable. I then knocked on the door of the Ben's Barbers and asked if we could blow dry down the pony and they said yes. So we had three hair dryers blow drying the pony in the hair salon and as it was happening the editor of a local magazine walked past and saw a pony in the shop. And as I was like, you do, as you do. This is this is newsworthy.
0: Breaking news. By the way, did the pony enjoy the <laughs> blender experience?
1: The pony loved it. Yeah, it was like actually really well behaved. The pony was called Coco. Um, so um, so yeah, and then um, so literally we managed to blow dry this thing, and we were all just laughing our heads off couldn't believe that they allow us to blow dry down, I think it was like four hair dryers on the floor, but it was the owner of, the, um, of their hair salon, wasn't the barbers, actually wasn't there when it happened, so it was just the son and, um, and someone else, and a lady who worked there, blow drying the horse, and the owner came down. Um, from upstairs, he lived above, and his face was absolutely priceless, seeing this pony in his shop and they literally had brand new lino floor go down and then they had a horse trampling all over, there was a pony, trampling all over <laughs> his brand new lino.
0: One, did you get a photo of the priceless money shot of barber owner? And two, did the pony leave any presents on the floor?
1: Give me one second, and I'll grab the newspaper cutting. So uh,
0: amazing! Yeah. Well, while well, whilst Dolly goes to get the newspaper cutting, and I'm so glad. Have you ever heard such a story? That's the most breaking news. Fancy the local
1: so, uh, newspaper
0: person walking past yeah. at the time. Ah, oh, wow! Can you, can you put that right up to Tell the me camera?
1: We still need to read it.
0: Wait There's a second! Can you back move back. down a sec? So I can see, wow.
1: So, do you want me to read the whole
0: story? Go on,
1: read it, go on, yes. I'll read it, so. Drop the picture in. One of local animal photographer, Ollie Clark's biggest challenge came late last year, when he was asked to take a photograph of a local Shetland pony. No problem, you might think, except this particular animal was sopping wet when it arrived at his Westbourne studio for the close-ups. The owner of the pony had decided to give it a wash before she bought it over, says Ollie. But when it turned up, it was still dripping wet. I had to go to Brown's Barbers in Westbourne, and the staff there kindly lent us the use of a couple of hair dryers to dry off the sodden pony in the street. Picture of, above are uh, of mother and daughter team of the pony who owned the pony just after it had received its pre shoot makeover, along with hairdresser Jenny Anthony, who actually cuts my dad's hair, uh, who told Shorelines, we all thought it was hilarious, but when the pony was brought in, well, we all thought it was hilarious when the pony was brought in, but it was really well behaved. It's the first pony we've done. So and I don't think they've done any other ponies.
0: Absolutely Um, cracking news. And Ollie, tell me about your so you've done your photography and then did you did it evolve into any other sort of business? How has your because I I and all of your adoring fans know you from networking and you're
1: an incredible... Yeah, so, so basically, those were the first two years, kind of the stories. And then I went into events, putting on events with businesses, which were great fun. Um, so I worked with lots of dog groomers and lots of pet-related businesses, and also pubs and bars and putting on pet photo shoots there. And that was all fine. And then coronavirus came along, which was um, a huge curveball. Um, so for two weeks, I had no work from the virus. Um, and um then what happened was was it was my autistic sister's birthday um and I decided to buy her a personalized puzzle with one of the photos which I'd taken but that puzzle never turned up I then went online and found another website which was run by a small business up north um well, can I
0: ask you a question there I, ju- I just yeah. want to talk a little bit because the sound the synchronization of the sound has gone so you look like a, a ventriloquist. This puppet um there's a bit of bandwidth challenge at the moment but tell me about autism and puzzles is there a relationship between between the two things
1: yeah so my sister absolutely loves jigsaw puzzles um and they find them really calming and a lot of people do so they they've got they're really great because they're they're calming so um so yes yeah, so i bought this jigsaw puzzle um my sister um, and it didn't turn up so I then found another website and bought it and they were far cheaper than than the actual company which the first one when these puzzles arrived these cheap puzzles arrived the quality was so amazing it was like there's a business in this so then I set up a new business called puzzle crazy um, making um, jigsaw puzzles personalized jigsaw puzzles I mean, most of these were family Um, photos turned into jigsaw jigsaws so um, it was I couldn't have had a better time to release it because a lot of people could not see their family because of the virus they might have been shielding or they and literally as you know most people cannot see friends and family during this time so they are the perfect gift to send to people during the virus Um, I think one of the hardest ones was to start off with. I said uh, to people that I could literally fit as many photos as you like into these puzzles. But then I had a lady with 10 children come along asking me if I could fit all 10 children into the photo. And I think it must have had 18, 20 photos in one puzzle. And then from then on, I was like, maximum I'm gonna allow now is seven. So um, so yes, I make these collage jigsaw puzzles, which are really, really popular. And then, as well as that, I then um, saw these these, as an opportunity to also sell artists' workers' jigsaw puzzles. Um, So, I found some absolutely incredible artists to work with, um, and I've roughly probably got about 15 artists which I work with, and, and I kind of take on another two, three a week. Um, and one of my, one of the, my best-selling artists is a, a lady based in Essex who I found through Facebook, um, and her pictures are of um, her paintings are of multicoloured animals. So I thought I would um, show you one of these, and this one's my, actually my best-selling puzzle, which is this one here and um, so yeah really really colourful really beautiful it's actually a really tricky puzzle to do but I've actually made it but I would say out of all the puzzles I sell this has probably got to be my favourite one which I do.
0: Um, I... One second, is that, pu- is that actually a puzzle? Because I can't see the little puzzle out so there. is actually
1: the box of the puzzle. Oh is that the
0: box? So can we have a look inside?
1: inside. Well, that's really, That's got... a
0: lovely presentation box. Really?
1: Yeah, so then lots of really lovely colourful stuff inside. Oh, that's
0: really nice. And how much would that retail at?
1: But this one is 29 um, 50 for that one there. So this one, 500 pieces. Um, and it's Great. really, really popular. Um, now we're kind of going into a bit QVC, like the... Uh, shopping channel. I know, I,
0: just, I just really felt a bit funny about that and how much does that retailer? But yeah, show us your wares, that
1: looks very yeah, funny. I'll show you it? a few, so I also work with international artists, so I've got these wow. really zebras and this was like a lot of the artwork what I'm selling is really positive, really happy, beautiful artworks. And the reason why I'm selling these is a lot of people are quite low at the moment because of the virus. So mm-hmm. I've sent a, a few of these happy zebras ones to actually people who've lost loved ones during the crisis, which has been really lovely. And that artist is called Annette Dutoit, and she is from um, South Africa, I believe. It's Annette Dutoit. It could be Dutoit. So uh, who knows? And then I've got this one. This artist oh, was just, really. Can hard. I just add? Just oh, that's actually.
0: Can I just board. add that you are a very happy and very positive person as well? So that's really all about you and your your whole thing.
1: So yeah, so all the art, all the designs which I do are really happy and positive. So I've got this adorable singing kitten one here, and this is by a um, Belgium lady called Martine Coppens. Um, I believe she's Belgian. She might be French or she might be Dutch. I, I, I'm not fully that sure. I might do my reading. so
0: adorable. So, yeah. And that it's a really, really cat.
1: Cool. Sorry, say that again.
0: And it says sans, Chanson du chat, which is, yeah. which
1: is the song. Eric Chanson du chat. Jade London's 1923, I have no idea what that actually means. It's um,
0: it's the song of cat, it's the cat song. Yeah, song of cat.
1: So yeah, these are really, really popular, I absolutely love. Um,
0: Adorable.
1: So um, she was really hard to persuade because she's actually got a huge follow- online following of over 11,000 people. Um, the other artists I go are not as well known um and literally most of the artists which i I work with are um they're really really incredible artworks but a lot of them they aren't well-known people so it's great to be able to share their work and promote them so people know all about um all about their artworks, and they can purchase them and a lot of people have had outside purchases where people have bought them as prints which is really really fun doing these um, and I've loved marketing them.
0: That's really but, lovely as well because you're, you're just agenting lesser known artists who, who are absolutely brilliant as well. Is this also a call out for artists? Are you still interested in hearing from
1: artists yeah, I am always keen on looking right. for artists, but a lot of what I'm wanting is it's got to be to my style. One of the one of the things is, is because I'm quite a people person, I don't like saying no to people. But one of the big problems is 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 it's got to be the right fit. So this is one I've got to like the art like the artworks, and two also that I can work with the artist. So I did actually have one of the artists who was really really hard work to work with and I had to say look I cannot work with you um and so I had to I had to stop it so um yeah and um so um I had to stop working with this particular artist unfortunately um but it's a business thing like literally some people you just cannot get on with and sadly this woman was one of these people who was it was impossible to work with, and it was a big learning curve. Now, that if people are hesitant or they don't want it, don't go. Oh, you need to do it. You really, really must. It's like you're missing out on opportunity. Is actually just being like, fine. Oh well, your art's beautiful, but you don't want to work with me, because actually, the stress of working with this woman was really just not worth it for making ten quid profit off a puzzle. So. Um, So yeah, so it was that and like the kind of artworks which I'm looking for are really, really bright and vibrant. I get contacted by a lot of illustrators, but what you'll notice, I'll just show you this one again, is the kind of art I'm looking for, the the whole thing is filled to the brim with colour. Um, And and the reason why that is, is a lot of illustrators, they just have a really cute picture in the middle and then it's just white everywhere around it and it makes for a boring puzzle. So a lot of these stunning illustrators, they contacted me and say like, hey, can we work together? But most of the time I can't because it's, it's just, picture in the middle and then nothing so i can't actually i can't actually do it and start off if i did sell some of my pet photography work as puzzles and i quickly got feedback from people saying that they don't make great puzzles because there's just animal in the middle and then nothing around it um i was actually really offended by this but then i made one of my puzzles of in this style of my own work and i actually gave up it was it just didn't work so everything has to be really completely covered all over and um and um and yeah and they're they're really really popular um in this because the whole image is covered but also people don't like it just being one singular color so they like a lot of textures and a lot of different patterns to it so um, the lion one which I showed is really tricky because it's so many different textures and patterns and colors um, and um, a lot of them are very similar shades so it makes for a tricky puzzle but actually out of all the puzzles I recommend that's actually the one I recommend most because finishing completing it was so much fun
0: Hey, that's a really good point you make because I am miss zero patience and I've had a go at doing puzzles, but I've I've given up because it's just a great big sky, and it's just all blue, and there's not been enough variety in that. So it's a really good point that you make that it needs to have variety. The image. So
1: so yeah. So basically, if I show you the lion one again, there is so much variety of colour. So because literally just doing so much blue sky or grass it just is so boring so I kind of make it more fun by having them where they've got a lot of varied colour in them um solely because it just makes for a more exciting puzzle um and but like the lion is challenging in other ways because there are so many different shades of blues and greens and yellows and everything um and they also look like they can go in a lot of different places
0: and also I I've been following your, your journey as well and listened to your radio broadcast as well on the BBC Radio 4 and so on as a real a good example of being really, really flexible and resilient within the lockdown, which we're all under the influence and how you have gone from being a pet photographer and also pet events and pet, pet trades organiser, uh, the pet industry person to, to doing puzzles which, which was born out of a real need for your own sister to give a gift and, and gifting during this quite challenging time and you're a really good case study of being really flexible in business and how is that going with you've had your, your news items on the radio you've made it to national level now and so and what, what would you like to share about that or what has been your yeah it's,
1: it's really interesting because I've done a lot of podcasts and I've done a lot of radio um, and I've also done two now video ones but it's also your tone of voice how you speak I did one I did one podcast um, and I've got a confession if I drink too much orange squash it makes me a little bit hyper and I drank squash before an interview, and I was really hyped, and I just come across as a complete idiot in the interview, and I haven't actually shared it because it's so bad. Um, so yeah, it's like, it's how you come across on camera. So um, also it's for them. So Radio 4, um, that was, it was a complete nightmare hour before, uh, Interview, so I thought i talk about that. So I got recommended through um, Sarah, who runs uh, Mumpreneurs Networking Club, to go on their series about new businesses which have been set up during lockdown. And but unfortunately, doing that, my sister was having an autistic tantrum, and, um, and they needed a clear signal on the radio for it but she has an obsession with mobile phone, of, of telephones. And so I have meant to use a landline phone, but she confiscated all the landline phones other than one in her rage, And then whilst Radio 4 were testing the line, she decided to pick up the phone during while they were testing. And thank God it wasn't when it was, when it was live on the radio. So I then ended up doing it. The, best, the only place I could actually find reception in my house to be interviewed was in my mum's bedroom. Um, so I had to sit on this rocking chair, trying to not make it creak being interviewed. Um, but what, when it was being interviewed, it was really interesting. There was one thing which I noticed um, a lot of people is they didn't say their business name during their interview. And there was one person who'd been on it two three times and every single interview she didn't know say her business name so she had the most amazing opportunity all these people listened, they didn't say her name and then she did it again for the radio five one and literally the whole way through the radio five one i just had to plug my business name puzzle crazy puzzle crazy as many times as possible so literally it was it was known because i was just like you've got this opportunity you've got to say it and you also see it networking so many people say their name but they don't tell their business name or where they can find it and so that was a real big learning curve from the first one and the radio five one which i did for five live i mentioned my business name i had about 30 likes on facebook within the space of about five minutes and i also had loads of people contacting me and that's literally from entering my business name which was really amazing so i got a lot i got a lot from that and then from that i've been interviewed um on webinar series which were really great and and what was really nice about that that was a question q a panel thing which was being asked and i had quite a lot of people um contact me off the back of that which has been really great um so um so yeah that has been really really exciting radio and everything but a big reason why i've been doing radio is because um during these times it's getting the message out there a lot of people are listening to radio listening to podcasts and listening to new mediums which before lockdown they weren't really used even zoom has has literally blossomed in the last year um well no not in the last year in like the last six seven weeks because everyone is communicating online and it's really using these technologies to the advantage for getting your message out there um so i've also set up a Facebook group supporting businesses called South Coast Business Market, which has now got over 800 people, which is an amazing platform for getting your business out there. And I've also created two networking groups. It originally was one, um, but, um, which was called, um, called Thursday Talks. Um, but I got so bombarded with people wanting to talk that I then had to expand it onto um, Tuesdays. So I now have two groups running on Tuesday, but pretty, it's, it's been so good because literally every meeting I go to, I get someone buying a puzzle. Um, and um, I've been networking for the last five years, business networking for the last five years. And, um, and a lot of people have come back as customers purchasing puzzles. But what I've learned from networkers, you never know who's gonna be a customer and so a lot of the people who have contacted me um, never contacted me for a pet photo shoot but they're now wanting gifts of friends and family. Some of them don't have don't have pets or they don't want their pet photograph which is absolutely fine but you, it's all re- networking that I've really seen is about building relationships and getting to know people so there's one lady who has now bought three puzzles from me i've known her for five years but she had never she didn't have a pet so she'd never be a customer so puzzles uh, is a great medium because you send it as a gift to friends and family and you don't actually and one of the problems with pet photography is you actually have to have the dog there present to photograph it you can't steal the dog a lot of people find it really hard stealing the dog as a gift whereas with these puzzles they can just say hey can I see some pictures of your dog and then make it into a puzzle which is really really amazing so you like literally networking has been incredible for it um and zoom networking the power of online technologies has just been unbelievable and I'm sure as you're agree, maria that your business is flying um because of zoom technology and and networking
0: well absolutely I am I am working my business right now on on zoom and you have been so amazingly enabling to to support me in my business actually with south coast business market group it's the most incredible group um, you are really on it offering support really hands-on really enabling everybody the people on the group are so nice and you above all for me from my perspective is you're a real Obviously, you're a people person. You're very kind, very, very positive. And you've taken these traits for the good. You, you not only help yourself, you help everybody else. And you really, really give a lot of your time to doing that. And I think that's wonderful. And you also do um, a podcast, don't you, which is so entertaining. Tell us about that too.
1: Yeah, so that's a new thing, which I'm doing with a really close friend of mine, Shahida, where we in, in, interview businesses we actually had someone turn us down which was funny we had it all booked and then some guy um was like i've not been interviewed on it <laughs> fine then so uh yeah so um yeah but um it's really great so it's um it's a lot of big businesses and musicians and everything we've had all sorts of people but that again that has been really challenging the tone of voice what we put across on it um and um it does get really really giggly um so yeah it's a very chatty podcast talking to businesses and um we what we like about it is is it's quite diverse um um but um the business is what we interview. Inter- inter- interview we did a really fun one yesterday actually and I need to i need to um, put it up interviewing a mortgage advisor um and this mortgage advisor is called holly Beatles, and she's a, um, absolutely amazing but she admits that she has a really boring business but one of the challenges of having a boring business is, is actually getting it out there in a fun way and so you meet be so many boring people networking who are so unenthusiastic about business, they're like, "Oh, I'm Trevor, I sell light bulbs. And it just does not appeal, but Holly's got this amazing personality, really infectious personality, where she's full of life talking about m- mortgages. So um, Shahid and I actually interviewed her about how on earth do you make a boring industry sound fun on radio? And she absolutely nailed it. So, um
0: I can't wait to listen to that. I think that's such a good point because um, yeah, I I go to business online networking meetings and even the real life ones, you know, remember the good old big fat full English breakfast and loads of coffee, mm, missing that. But uh, when people do do their pitches, sometimes I'm not very inspired to go up to them at the end and go, oh, tell me all about your business. And I think it's a real art to to bring something else to talking. And, and it's really funny. I mean, it's true, some businesses are really boring. Accounting is really boring. Some things are really boring, but it's not so much for me the thing, it's it's the person behind it. And the person behind the boring thing is an amazing person because we're all amazing people. We've all had amazing lives, like you.
1: Yeah, I mean, Holly is absolutely amazing. She's fallen into boring jobs, but she is so incredible because she's just got such a bubbly, happy personality. And it's like how, like, she goes, I do admit I don't really fit into this whole business industry because I'm so bubbly. And, but she's like, literally, she's like, I cannot be the boring one, networking. And she, she goes, but she goes, truthfully, some people will never buy from me because they want an, a boring mortgage advisor. And it was so interesting talking to her about that. And she's, she's just so interesting. that we interviewed a band called Pattern Patent, Pusher and they are an up-and-coming, really, really fab band. Um, and they were invited to the... Uh, Pilson Party, which is put on by Glastonbury for the village of Glastonbury as a thank you for uh, being such a, like putting up with the chaos of Glastonbury, so they get their own festival uh, just for the village of Glastonbury and uh, they were played for it and they and it 's a competition where they have thousands of bands into it and they want it to play and they and they um, were um, headlining with these absolutely massive bands, which was really amazing. Um, so we did that and we also interviewed another musician called Gigi Monrose who's absolutely amazing. She's from um, East London, really bubbly and her, she's writing music all about coronavirus and she's really fun. And I actually met Gigi at one of her gigs which was in a hairdressers. So um, yeah, in this like really run down London hairdressers and um, they are giving away free beer. And that got me in, and um, and yeah, and I had the most amazing night, and we've been friends ever since. So, um, which is really fun. we done some really, really. In,
0: in the um, in the hairdressers in East London, were there any ponies getting a blow dry?
1: There wasn't any ponies, but I told them that they needed to get a bunny rabbit in there. They needed a bunny rabbit, but I haven't got a bunny rabbit. Oh. So I thought a rabbit would make it really wow. But yeah, it's a very it's a, 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 it was an absolutely amazing night. Really, really fun night. Everyone was sitting all over the floor in the hairdressers and wacky art all over the walls. And it was it a was really, really great night. Um, but, um, but, yeah, so we, we clicked from there, and, it, and it's been really good. And podcasting's been amazing. I've been on quite a few podcasts. Um, it's a great way to get a message out. You have no idea who's listening to you, um, which is what I really like about it.
0: That's so exciting! And um, so, Ollie Clark, what is next for you? So we've got pet photography, we've got the adventures of raccoons, we've got pet events and the pet industry. You bring that together. You are such a, a business and people enabler. You bring businesses together. You support businesses in a in a massive way and podcasting, again, you're supporting businesses to share their business stories and stuff. What could possibly be next for you? You've got your puzzles as well. Your, can you, what other ideas are in the pipeline? Or do you just
1: go with the flow? How do you work it? Do you just follow the joy? It's always thinking things through because at the moment, you never, I don't know when I'll be able to go back to events because actually, literally, it's really quite hard to social distance so yeah, I don't really want people breathing on me at the moment. Um, so uh, yeah, oh God, I can't imagine being <laughs> breathed on. So um, yeah, it's probably going to be a while till I go back to pet photography, but what I'm quite keen to go into is maybe doing uh, craft fairs and outdoor markets and being um, market man. So, so on the uh selling puzzles on the market. So uh, yeah, so uh, and seeing how that goes, um, spreading the love um, of of jigsaw puzzles out, um, um, and and doing some outdoor markets, which would be fun. So um, yeah, and then love that spreading the love, spreading the love. And then when things you're all about when things go back to normal, it's going to be really really exciting because we're going to have two businesses. So um, so yeah, so we'll have a second income stream coming in um selling really fun fun puzzles alongside pet photography and i can also have it as an extra product where i can go look i can also make your family photos into um and pet photos into jigsaw puzzles which could be really exciting so well uh,
0: that's just so inspiring ollie you you are kaleidoscopically colorful inspiring lovely all-round good bloke and uh, I just wonder if I can book in for, for a pet photo shoot for myself in my cat onesie when, yeah. when we can.
1: You in your cat onesie of course, no I'd love that. that would be great, well thank you so much. Morning. Thank great. you for coming, thank you for interviewing
0: me. Well Ollie you have been entertaining, inspirational You really are. You're so inspirational. You're always positive. You're always sunny. Yes, there's some difficult things going on in the world. There's difficulties going on in in people's lives. And you are just a real ray of sunshine. And I and everybody really appreciate you. And it's, it's really nice to actually officially say this on record. You are amazing. Stay beautiful. Keep shining and don't go changing.
1: Thank you. I yeah, I will try. <laughs> so uh, yeah. No. Um. My business philosophy is um, help others, and I help you. So um yeah. So um and I, I I and I will truthfully be honest with you. It has actually been quite a dark year for me. I I've, I've known five six people pass away, but actually it's it's been it's been hard. But I actually. The puzzles have been such an amazing distraction and also networking has been such an amazing support during these hard times. Um, even though it is dark, it's uh, you've actually, you've got two choices. is one, you can be mopey and sad or two, you can try and find the positive in everything. That's what I try and do. So.
0: Oh my goodness, Holly, I'm so sorry. I didn't know.
1: That
0: well, yeah. literally right. took my breath away and just even more... Um, you know, more blessings and power to you to just be able to transform such difficulty into, into such goodness. I just think, yeah, wow, that's taken my breath away and I'm lost for words there. So I just, um, yeah, I just wish you well and I, yeah, I can't wait to, to share this and that's amazing. Absolutely amazing. Maria lost for words.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's been really good. Thank you.